Thank you for traveling with Amex Platinum. To your right, you'll see Oceanside Relaxation at a fine hotel and resort property. When booked through Amex Travel, you can enjoy complimentary breakfast for 2 and 4 p.m. late checkout. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. It's Freddie Prinze Jr. and Jeff Dye back in the ring. Wrestling with Freddie makes its triumphant return for an electrifying fourth season. Hey, Jeff, are you ready to rumble our way into an all-new season of Wrestling with Freddie? You better believe I have. I've been practicing my body slams, and I'm jacked. All right, don't go injuring yourself now. We'll be highlighting the best stories and matches of the week in wrestling from AEW, WWE, and have one-on-one talks with the best talents in the world of pro wrestling. Listen to Wrestling with Freddie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What up? It's the Crossover Pod Friday edition. I'm Howard Beck, senior writer for Sports Illustrated. An action-packed episode today. Not one, but two guests, both of them Hall of Famers. Grant Hill, class of 2018. And then that is followed by a chat with Paul Pierce, the truth class of 2021 back-to-back interviews so be sure to stay tuned after the grant hill interview for paul pierce we covered a lot uh, grant and i discussed his atlanta hawks of course he is a part owner as well as the nba 75 list which he did not make also his new role as managing director of the usa basketball men's team the search for popovich's successor as coach We also talked about Suns owner Robert Sarver and the very serious allegations of racism and misogyny that were contained in a recent ESPN story. Remember, Grant played five seasons for the Suns, so he knows that franchise well. Paul Pierce and I also discussed Sarver, among other issues. And uh, true to form, because Paul Pierce is the truth, uh, he had quite a bit to say on the subject, so don't miss that. Before we get to our two guests, a quick reminder, please rate, review, and subscribe to The Crossover wherever you get your podcasts. Check us out on the YouTube feed as well. Search for Sports Illustrated Podcasts. You'll find us there. And be sure to hit me with all your feedback on Twitter, at Howard Beck. Okay, Grant Hill and Paul Pierce are coming up next, so stick around. This is The Crossover, an NBA show hosted by Sports Illustrated's Chris Mannix and Howard Back. It's a whole new level for you and me, Chris, this relationship. Like and subscribe for the best weekly NBA content these two are capable of. What does that mean? Could be the best duo ever. I don't see how you can beat that. Here they are, Chris Mannix and Howard Back. Now, very pleased to be joined by the Hall of Famer, Grant Hill. Grant, how are you? Welcome. I'm good. I'm, I'm doing well. Thanks for having me, Howard. 
thanks for uh, for joining. Appreciate it. Uh, appreciate you spending some time. Um, I definitely want to discuss your new role with USA Basketball, the search for Pop's successor, uh, your Atlanta Hawks, and a bunch more. But before we get to that, um, I do want to hit this first because it's, it's a, a serious issue and one that I know is very important to you. You're now working with the Start Strong Initiative, which is working to raise awareness of racial disparities in the incidence of prostate cancer. There's some stats that go along with that. But tell me, Grant, uh, why... I know a lot of causes you've probably attached yourself to in the course of your playing career and post-playing career. Um, becoming a spokesman or an advocate on this particular issue, what about it uh, kind of drew you in or resonated with you as, as a, an issue of importance? Well, you know, Howard, uh, it, it is important. And uh, obviously, we all know and are aware that prostate cancer is a risk for all men. Um, but it disproportionately uh, impacts the African-American community. You know, you know, it, it's I think African-American males are, are twice as likely to be diagnosed with prostate cancer and two and a half times more likely uh, to, to, to die from prostate cancer than Caucasian males. And so, you know, when I heard that and I saw the, the statistics, the numbers, uh, it's really staggering. And, um, you know, so so for me to be able to join uh, the Start Strong campaign and to raise awareness and to encourage all men, but particularly African-American men, uh, to get tested, uh, to, to get a game plan. You know, I, I, I'm a little older than you, Howard, so but we're not by much, not not by much, (laughs) but we're at that age where it's important, it's necessary. And I know sometimes as men, we don't, we don't like to go to the doctor. You don't go unless there's something wrong. And sometimes even when there's something wrong, we don't go. Uh, but, but this is something prostate cancer, if, if found and treated early, uh, you know, you know, you can, you can, you can, you know, you can, it's not fatal. Uh, you can, you can beat it. Uh, but unfortunately, like I said, in the African-American community, that's been a challenge and it's been a problem. So uh, to be able to, to raise awareness, to use your platform, to talk about this and encourage people to really start strong, like in anything, you want to have a game plan. And uh, that, that's, that's been a story of my life as an athlete, uh, both on the court, but also, as you know, dealing with injuries. And taking ownership, uh, being proactive, not sitting back. Uh, and so this is something that uh, if done, uh, we can change those numbers and we can we can you know, we can fight this and beat prostate cancer. So I'm excited. I'm thrilled uh, to, to be able to, 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 you know, to bring awareness, to talk about it uh, and to encourage men to get out there and, and take the initiative and start strong. Was it simply, Grant, just that, listen, once you were aware of the stats and especially the disproportionate impact in the African-American community or African-American males that like, OK, this is something that makes sense for me to be attached to or, you know, not to, to get too personal if this is the case. But were you or your family personally impacted in a way that 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 was your awareness um, event? Yeah, that's a great question. Um you know, it, it, it thankfully, fortunately, it hasn't hit hit me or my family. Um, but for me, just just learning about prostate cancer and becoming more aware. Of, actually, with the Atlanta Hawks, you know, we uh, we have a, a a month, the month of February, where you know every basket that's scored, every three pointer that we make, uh, donation goes to a charity um, around prostate cancer. So that's really what brought. Uh, made me aware and sort of brought those numbers to the, to, you know, to, to the forefront for me. Uh, and then now to be able to partner and, 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 and really help kick off this, this start strong campaign, which, 
By the way, there's a great website, www.startstrong.us. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's just, you know, you got to get in the game. You got to get involved. You got to encourage people. And particularly, like I said, African-American males who, uh, you know, look, oftentimes, you know, the, 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 the examination, uh, the screening process is not something, uh, at least, you know, something we're, we're, we're excited about doing. But that's even changed and that's evolved and that's different. Uh, and, but it's important. It's necessary. And, um, you know, one of the greatest things we can do is take an ownership of our health and, uh, and you have an opportunity here. So there's loads of information, uh, you know, important data, important numbers, but also a way to, you know, as, as men, we can have a game plan for this uh, on that website. And, um, you know, like together we can, we can, you know, start to move that needle in the right direction. Well, as I say, I'm I'm not that far behind you age wise, so I have to be aware of this stuff myself too. So <laughs> maybe not as high a risk statistically, but uh, you know enough. Um, so it's, uh, startstrong.us is the website. People uh, go check that out. Um, get educated, inform yourself. Um, um, lots of great information there. Obviously, a, a really important issue. So appreciate you you sharing some of that, Grant. Um, let's talk some basketball because. You're Atlanta Hawks. Of course, you are a, a part owner of the team. Um, that was one of the uh, the most enjoyable rides in the NBA last season. Uh, a little bit of a rockier start this year, but I'm, things will even out as, as things go. But that was um, that was one of those fairy tale breakout seasons where I think people like me looked at your team, Grant, and said, "Okay, great talent, great depth, a, a lot of really intriguing youth. These guys are going to be really good." in another year or two, maybe. Um, from the ownership side of it, you probably always think, no, 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 a little sooner than that, there's always the urgency to get going. But I, I mean, look, nobody anticipated a run to the conference finals. Uh, I would assume even you guys. Was there something last season where you saw the light bulb turn on? And I know a lot of this people will just look at the coaching change from from Lloyd Pierce to, uh, to Nate McMillan, but um, you guys got healthy too. But in just in terms of like the way the young guys figured out maybe it was who they are or their confidence or how they best worked together. Uh, was, was there a, a game, a moment, a play where you thought, I can see something special, something bigger than what we anticipated for this season? Yeah, no, Howard, you, you touched on it. Look, everyone's going to, you know, you know, sort of look at the coaching change, but I think there's some other factors that played in as well. Um, you know, first of all, I think, I think our young guys just, just got tired, you know, got tired of, of losing. And, uh, you know, I think, um, and it certainly, you know, was, was heading in that direction again, uh, mid season last year. I also don't, you know, I think you have to, to, to really, you know, put value in, in, in the, in the contribution and the addition of, of Lou Williams last year, you know, the timing of him uh, arriving to the team, uh, back in Atlanta, his hometown, uh, he loves Atlanta has played for the Hawks before, uh, his personality, I think, really blended well and, and meshed with our young players uh, and really took on a, a leadership role. You don't think of Lou Williams necessarily. Uh, the narrative about Lou uh, is not necessarily a, a great leader, but I think he provided a voice. He provided perspective. Uh, I think his game, his style of play uh, really resonated with these young guys. And, and he really played a, a huge role, I think, in and just sort of getting that that locker room to come together, to sacrifice, to play with a, a beautiful spirit, uh, and it was magical. And um, you know, so I think you know 
I think all three things, the confluence of, of, of all of that happening at one time, um, it, it just, you know, we took off and we got hot. Um, we, we, you know, we, we managed injuries that we had at different points, even during uh, the postseason. Uh, but we, we gained confidence, we gained momentum. And look, my, my goal, uh, you know, and I, I, obviously you, you want to win, you want to win every year, you want to win every game. But I think realistically going into last season, I, I wanted to play in meaningful games towards the end of the season, games where you're, you're jockeying for an opportunity to be in the playoffs or, or in the play-in games. Uh, if we could get into the playoffs, that's a step in the right direction, considering, you know, we had been in the abyss for three years prior. Uh, but wow, we, we just, we, we tended to, it seemed like we just gained momentum every game in the postseason and went into New York in a, in a real hostile environment and, um, you know, shut down the Knicks. And then, you know, we're fortunate to, to go on to Philadelphia and no one, you know, no one thought we had a chance and winning there uh, in that series game seven, and then taking, you know, taking the, the eventual world champions to a game seven. So incredible ride i think it accelerated and kind of um you know moved things a little forward in terms of our expectations but you know getting off to a tough start i think you know now you have a full roster uh you 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 have success you know and and managing expectations with a young team uh that's always a challenge but i think you just stay the course and you continue to to figure out what it's like now to be uh, a team that, that people now are circling on the calendar and looking forward to as opposed to an afterthought. And um, just part of the growing and maturation process for this team collectively. But you said it best, last season was without a doubt uh, an incredible, almost a fantasy ride uh, that you didn't want to see end. And, uh, but we, we we're, we're, you know, just got to keep building, keep getting better. And uh, we, have, we have young guys with a lot of runway uh, and a lot of great basketball we, we plan uh, in store for the future. It raises the bar really quickly, though, doesn't it? Right? Because last season, we have no expectations for you from the outside, right? Oh, the Hawks deal to be a playoff team. You know, maybe they'll, they'll win a series or something. But you go to the conference finals, Trey's playing out of his mind. Everybody seems to be, the young guys are all kind of blossoming. And 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 so now from the outside, we're going, well, all right, so what's what's next? Now, now anything less than top four finish uh, becomes a disappointment. Anything less than, you know, I mean, hell, anything less than getting back to the conference finals, and it's a tough conference, but, and, and got, at least is, you know, obviously way better than it had been for years, so it's it's the toughest time. Um, but the the bar is raised. I'm sure you guys feel that. I'm sure the players feel that. Uh, it's probably a healthy thing. But I want, I want to ask you about Trey, though, because, all right, look, you played in this league a long time, Grant, and you, I'm sure, had many memorable moments at the Garden as a team owner, as somebody who's now with a little bit of distance from the game, but understanding what the vibe is there, when you see Trey start to play the heel and shushing the crowd and everything, kind of enjoying that moment, but also like saying, like, bring it on. Are you are you are you laughing? Are you encouraged? Or are you like cringing like, oh, no, Trey, don't don't <laughs> don't watch what you wish for there? Because, I mean, you saw Reggie back in the day and certainly Reggie, you know, Reggie loved it and, and relished those moments. But not everyone's built for that. Trey seemingly is. But how did you how did you react in the moment to seeing Trey kind of uh, play that role? Yeah, no, I mean, it was uh, it was fun. I mean, you know, I think he, he became a he became a, a star, I thought, in that series. You know, going into the Garden, uh, the absolute best place to play uh, as a visiting player. 
and to play to the crowd, to taunt the crowd, uh, to, to endure some, some, you know, abuse, verbal abuse, um, you know, from the crowd, uh, and to really relish that role, to embrace that role. Not, not many guys, you know, enjoy playing the role of a villain. And it takes a, a certain sort of wiring. It takes a certain mental makeup, uh, a certain confidence to not, not only take that on, but sort of deflect all the pressure from your teammates. It's almost like, okay, guys, you know, all of it's on me. And, uh, and that's, that's part of the role, I think, part of the responsibility naturally for a team's best player. Uh, but to, to, to go out and, and to, 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 to dominate, you know, to back it up on the court, to bow to the crowd, to, to, you know, to, 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 to just the style and the swagger. Um, it was like a, you know, like a wrestling character from back in the eighties, you know, it was like Rowdy Rowdy Piper or something, you know, like he, or, or one of my teammates, Christian Leitner. I mean, he was somebody back when we were teammates with at Duke where, you know, similar, uh, although Trey, I think is at times a little nicer, but, um, <laughs> nicer as a, as a teammate. And, uh, but you know, it's, it's, um, it was fun to watch. And and, and so look, that's marketable. You know, when you're watching this, when I saw, uh, that, that play and ultimately we won that series, I'm thinking, okay, you know what, you know, Christmas day, we're playing, we we might be playing New York next year. Like that, there's a story, there's a narrative now. And, uh, you know, Trey young against the Knicks in the garden, you know, next time, uh, you know, the Hawks go there, Trey Young goes there, they're, they're going to be out for blood. And uh, not only the fans, but the team as well. So uh, that's what you want. You want to be relevant as a franchise. You want to have a marketable, uh, an exciting young player, an exciting young team uh, that people want to tune in and watch. And uh, you saw that happening last year during the post postseason run. So uh, although you know the bar is now being raised from a basketball standpoint and expectations, I think from a business side, it's like, okay, like this is, this is what, this is what you, this is what you hope for when you, you put together a team to have a, a player like that of his stature, of his talent, uh, a little guy who's exciting, who's confident, who shoots threes, who's, you know, has a swagger about them. Uh, we haven't had that in Atlanta. I uh, really haven't had a superstar with the Hawks quite like that, you know, since the great, highlight you know human highlight film himself dominique wilkins and and thankfully we have that he's young he loves atlanta and uh you know we we just have to continue moving forward and uh cultivating a winning environment which we're committed to doing at bed 365 we don't do ordinary we believe that every sport should be epic every home run every hit every inning every play from the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. There are some things that are too good to keep a secret. Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notified, and Amex card member benefits at select events, 
You'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Attention all wrestling aficionados. Wrestling with Freddie makes its triumphant return for an electrifying fourth season. This is Freddie Prince Jr., and I am beyond thrilled to announce that our wrestling extravaganza is back. And joining me once again is the one and only Jeff Dye. Get ready as we highlight the most jaw-dropping matches, dissect the fiercest feuds, and uncover the latest twists and turns in the world of pro wrestling. We're dusting off our legendary side quests and unleashing a barrage of brand new segments that will keep you guys on the edge of your seat like our talks on unsanctioned Thursdays. Freddie, you know we gotta give the people what they want. This season, we have an all-star lineup of special guests who are gonna be gracing our podcast, bringing with them their own unique insights, experiences, and all of that in the world of pro wrestling and beyond. Whether you're a seasoned wrestling veteran or a fresh-faced newcomer, we promise an experience like no other. So buckle up, wrestling fans. Listen to Wrestling with Freddie as part of the My Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty, Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. So your role is interesting to me, and I wanted to ask you about this because there are not that many former players um, in an ownership role, Shaq, obviously, with the Kings. Um, Michael Jordan, obviously, as majority owner in, in Charlotte. Um, you have a front office, obviously, filled with talented people who have put together a great team. You've got a great coaching staff. But you're Grant freaking Hill, <laughs> multiple-time All-Star, Hall of Famer. Um, how much? How do, you, how do you navigate that, Grant? Because you don't want to necessarily step on toes, but at the same time, you've got a wealth of knowledge, wisdom, experience that I'm sure those young players, if you're around – on a practice day or game nights, whatever they want to want to, they're going to want to pick your brain. Um, how often do you engage with them? How much of a re- relationship do you have? Because a lot of you know, we talk about owners and, and the importance of owners in this league and everything, but most players don't really know. They might know the majority owner of a team. They probably don't know all of the sub owners, all the you know minority owners and, and guys who have two percent here or five percent there. Your role is necessarily different because of who you are. So, how much do you engage? How, how well do these guys get to know you? Um, how much are you willing to kind of, uh, you know, dispense while kind of still towing that line from ownership office to the court? Yeah, you know, it's interesting. Uh, you know, the role of an NBA owner and, and you know, it, it's it's been an interesting sort of journey. Um, you know, I, I think having the, the, the benefit and the perspective of being a player for, for almost 20 years, you know, I, I respect uh, you know, I respect everyone's position and everyone's role. I feel like the locker room is a sanctuary. You know, players, coaches, you know, training staff, medical staff, you know, the, 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 the traveling party that, that goes through this journey together, like that's a sacred space. And that's a space that uh, I think, um, you know, very infrequently owners should meddle in. And, um, you know, celebratory moments, big games, you know, advancing in the postseason, things like that. But for the most part, uh, that is their space. And, you know, I, I think, you know, 
you can become almost too disruptive when you, you, you try to, you know, get too engaged there. Uh, I, I think on the basketball side, look, as, as owners, you, you hire uh, a staff, you hire a general manager, we hired Travis Schlink. And, uh, you know, we, we, we're going to ultimately evaluate him on the job that he does and the incredible amount of work that goes in uh, to preparing a team, whether it's the draft, free agency, uh, in the summer, the trade deadline. Those are the three sort of pivotal moments where uh, a lot of activity can and will occur. And there's so much work that goes into that. Uh, and then just managing uh, your basketball operations department, managing your staff, managing your coach, managing players and, and, and their representation, uh, managing ownership. <laughs> you know, there, there's a lot of hats to, uh, uh, that that position, that role uh, demands. And, uh, and so, look, I'm a resource. And, you know, obviously a time when we're in the war room or we're talking about, you know, roster movements or changes, you know, I'll, I'll talk with Travis, but ultimately we're evaluating him on his vision. And I think it would be inappropriate for us to make demands of him uh, and then evaluate him on, on what we tell him or order or instruct him to do. So, you know, Tony Ressler has been incredible, incredible managing partner. Obviously, uh, he's competitive. You don't become a self-made billionaire not being competitive. Uh, we want to win all our games. But, you know, I think we respect uh, the process and respect uh, everyone's role and responsibilities in it. And it's been interesting. It's just, you know, sort of what, like, your role and, and how do you manage that? And how do you, you know, when you have something to say and, and being respectful? And, and there's times, too, where, you, you know, you, you, your point or your thought uh, you know, may not, may not be taken, you know, and, and that's, that's okay. That's all right. There's no uh, ego. It's about trying to do ultimately the best thing for our franchise. Uh, we all have different perspectives, uh, different thoughts. Uh, and ultimately we hope that uh, it's not about my thought, but it's about the best thought or best idea or best course of action. And, you know, thankfully Travis has been great. You know, he has nailed it with the draft. Uh, when we hired him, we, you know, we wanted to, to build through the draft and maintain financial flexibility. Uh, we went kind of in with, with acquiring some free agents last year, the beginning of last year. Uh, and it all kind of came together last season. And, uh, and so, you know, you know oftentimes when you have those kind of assets, you hope that one or two of them pan out. And, uh, you know, thankfully, whether Trey Young, very high in the lottery, or a guy like John Collins, who was a 19th pick, you know, we've done a good job. And, uh, but now, now the expectations have changed. Now the, the bar has been raised a bit, and we have to adapt and adjust to that, and we're in the process of doing that. No, your, your front office has done an incredible job drafting. I mean, I haven't done any deep dive to look at, like, the last three to five-year span or whatever, but I think your front office could be put up against anybody's in terms of draft track record in that time. And it's not just because of drafting high in the lottery either. You know that skews things. You know, it's you mentioned John Collins being the nineteenth pick. I mean, they've they've nailed a lot of it. And of course, the one you know question was always going to be, well, once you make the swap of Trey Young and Lucas draft rights, and of course you got the extra pick that becomes Cam Reddish. Like there was there was a moment. I don't know how you guys felt in the front office if there was ever that any kind of like hmm, <laughs> but there was that time. You know, Luca jumps out first. But now, having seen what your team did last year, and obviously Trey and your squad have the much better postseason record, 
by going to the conference finals, it changes everything in terms of the way we on the outside discuss it. So even if you guys might have disagreed with it from the outset, like, no, trust us, we know what we're doing here. Um, we're going to look at it and say, but yeah, but did you see Luca's, you know, 50 point triple double or whatever it was that had just happened within, you know, the last couple of years? It's changed. And I don't I don't know, Grant, that I've seen too many trades like that where they were that controversial at the start. Um and, and seemingly tips to one side where suddenly it rebalances like that. Um, and that that was part of the fun of last season, too, was how quickly that discussion could change and that we're probably not pestering you <laughs> for the next or for the foreseeable future about, hey, how do you feel now about the Trey Young, Luka Doncic? So, like that, I don't, I don't know. They will always be linked, but I'm not sure what will be the same kind of discussion. Well, look, I mean, it's still very early in their careers. And I, also and I'll true. Say this. I'll say this. Um, you're spot on in terms of the narrative shifting with the incredible performance of our team and Trey uh, last year and in, in, in the playoffs. Uh, but, you know, I, I do give credit to, to, to Travis for, for being bold, uh, for making that move. Um, you know, it was controversial. Uh, a lot of people had opinions either way. Uh, and then to see Luca get off to just a blazing start his rookie year. But one thing I'll say about Travis, and, uh, you know, he, he talked about, we talked about, you, you ultimately evaluate this. It takes, you know, it takes five, 10 years. You know, you can't look at it right away. It's, you got to have that long-term perspective. And at times, I'm sure there were a lot of people, maybe even some of the Hawks fans that were questioning or scratching their head, but, uh, you you have to see the the vision come together, and uh, you have to get a little lucky. I mean that that plays a role in all of it as well. Uh, but last season it shifted, and you know it may shift a few more times. But you know as you said, they're going to be forever linked because of that draft day trade. Uh, I think thankfully they're they're two bright young players, poster boys, you know uh, of the league, or you know guys that'll be faces of the league for many years to come. And um, you know we just hope. We hope Trey has more success uh, than Luca. That means we're we're having more success uh, as a franchise. But uh, you know, it, it, it's it's interesting how that that narrative shifted in, in just a split second. For for two and a half years, it was all Luca, uh, and then you know Trey kind of leveled the playing field and maybe in a in a way kind of surpassed things with his play. Um, you know, at the end of at the end of the playoffs last year. Well, those two, they, they shared the cover of, of our SINBA preview issue. Um, might not be the last time that happens. And, hey, they're in opposite conferences. You guys could meet in the finals one day. How, how much fun would that be after all the draft day trade and, and all the discussion that surrounded that? Um, the, the other side of this, of course, which you have to be more tuned into as a part owner, is uh, you do have a lot of great talent and depth and, and young talent, which means that they're on rookie deals, which then come due for extensions. And already there's discussion of... Uh, even your players have talked about it. Hey, we know the reality of the, the business of the NBA. Like if we all stick around, there's going to be a colossal luxury tax bill that that becomes a Tony wrestler and, and Grant Hill and, and the rest of your partners issue. Um, is it too soon to start worrying about that? Do you, how, how much do you dis, discuss it? Uh, do you, do you look out over the course of two, three years budgetarily and say, look guys, we're good now and we're fine with this group right now, but at some point we're going to have to make some hard decisions. You know, it's a great question. I mean, I, I, I think it's a great problem to have. You know, it's not often uh, that, you know, you, you draft so many guys uh, in, in consecutive years and and they all pan out. <laughs> you know, they're all uh, talented, all, you know, players that are deserving 
that means we, we nailed it with the draft picks. We've also created an environment with player development. Players have improved. Uh, so that's what you want. And uh, ultimately, yeah, I mean, it, it can come down to making some tough decisions. But, you know, T- Tony Ressler has, has said publicly that, you know, look, we're not afraid of the tax. And, you know, you know, if and when it's appropriate, we'll we'll jump in there. And, you know, we if that's what it takes to be competitive, um, you know, we're more than more than willing to do so. And, you know, we, we took care of, of Trey Young, John Collins. We, we took care of Kevin Herter uh, before the start of this season. So we have three of those guys uh, locked in on, on some big deals. And, um, you know, Cam Reddish and DeAndre Hunter are, you know, really talented young players uh you know deandre had some injuries last year cam i I think really found his way there in those last three postseason games and it's been pretty consistent off the bench uh this season so you know they're they're up for it potentially this summer and you know a lot can and will happen here over the course of this season uh i think right now we're trying to you know get some wins you know particularly uh at least get back to that 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 you know playing well uh, like we did consistently over a period of time, like we did at the end of last season. But, um, but yeah, I mean, that, that's a great problem to have. And so many fran- – look, there are franchises who, who make the decision uh, to, to build through the draft like we did, uh, and it may take 10 years. And, and you may miss on guys, and you may overpay guys because they're your free agents. Uh, but I think we, we've, we've done a, a decent job, a really good job of, of paying guys their value, being objective about it, um, and, uh, and rewarding them and, and wanting them to continue to build uh, hopefully something that will be special down the road. But good problems to have. You yes. know, we're comfortable to, uh, to spend and to go into the tax, and, uh, and that could be sooner rather than later. Uh, I'm sure your fans would love to hear you say uh, sooner and that you guys are just going to keep writing checks, but uh, I know it's never that simple. (laughs) Um, The NBA 75 team came out recently. Um, You're now the second guest I've had recently where I have to start off by apologizing because I was on on the voting panel um, and you were not on my ballot. I apologize. It was tough, Grant. Forgive me. It was very, very hard. Uh, Did the NBA 75 uh, list... Did it have meaning for you as a discussion when when this was you know in process? Did you have hopes of, of being on there? Is it a disappointment not to be? Obviously, that the course of your career and your injury and the way it changed your career made it very tough for those of us who are evaluating your career in light of everybody else's. Um, but how did you uh, feel about just kind of the process and the list uh, and and your uh, not making it? Well, well, first of all, it's uh, it's incredibly, um, you know, it, it, it's it's um, it's incredible to think that it seems like just yesterday, the 50, uh, 50 year anniversary with the list of 50 greatest players. just came You were out. like two years. You were two years into your career, right? I, I think I was in year three or three. And yeah, we were we were in Cleveland. And I remember uh, on the court there at All Star Weekend, they had all or, or most of if not all of the 50 players there assembled with their uh, leather jackets on and it was just like it was it was inspiring and uh, to see all this greatness to see all these great players and certainly you know when you're young and you're full of ego and you know you you you, you think about your legacy you're like you know one day I, I want to be on the next list and um, um, but you know I, I look I, I understand look I, I, I understand certainly how talented I was. And I was on an incredible trajectory before I got hurt. 
Um, but in terms of that conversation, look, I, you know, I mean, it was incomplete, you know, I mean, I, I just, I didn't get a chance to, to, if I had maybe four more years of, of, of being at that level, um, then, then maybe in the conversation, but look, I, I, I don't need that to, to be validated. And, uh, I, I wasn't even expecting, uh, to be, to be on it, to be quite frank, frank, uh, to be, you know, to be, to be frank with you, I, I was somewhat surprised and uh, flattered that there were a number of people who were mad at the Howard Becks of the world uh, <laughs> for, for not having me on that list. But, um, but no, I mean, I, I, I know, you know, I know my career, I know the art, the, the, you know, the, the narrative, I know the, the struggles, um, but I also know, you know, personally what, what I was capable of and how I matched up against some of those members who were on that list back in my day. But, you know, I think it's important to have you know, at least a nine, 10 year body of work where, you know, you're at that elite level. And, uh, you know, unfortunately, uh, I, I wasn't able to do that. And, you know, I, I'm at peace with my career and, and how it played out. Uh, but there were some other like I, I did actually feel like I felt like in a weird way, I felt like Dwight Howard should have been on that list. And, um, you know, I think the narrative uh, about him uh, you know, and, and, and sort of ever since he left Orlando has, has not been favorable, but, you know, we forget just how dominant he was in a time, eight time all-star, you know, multiple time defensive player of the year. When you put his list of accomplishments up to next to Anthony Davis, very similar. And, and maybe in some ways Dwight's are more favorable, um, but, you know, he was someone, you know, along with a few others that I thought, but look, I mean, you, you there's always an argument that, that you, you know, it's a list of 75, but you'd like to include 85, you know, and, uh, yes. and, uh, but, you know, I, I think it's a great celebration. And what I do love about it is that we get to talk about and honor the greatness of those that came before. And sometimes we live in a world where it's sort of out of sight, out of mind. Uh, sometimes I wonder if this current young generation even, you know, even knows, you know, my generation and what I did and how I played and, uh, but to think about players from the 80s and, and 70s and 60s who were pioneers, who laid the foundation, we get to talk about and celebrate their greatness all season. And also, I think, educate and expose some of the modern athletes uh, to, to the greatness of, of, of those before us. All right, well, the young guys should just go on YouTube. They can certainly find Grant Hill highlights, especially from your Detroit and Orlando days, or especially your Detroit days. If if uh, if this were an exercise of peak player performances, peak Grant Hill versus peak a lot of other guys, the list might might look a little different. But it is the totality of a career. Um, you did wind down your career, not wind down. You you finished in L.A., but you had the five year run in Phoenix. Um, you're a part owner in this league. You're a Hall of Famer. Uh, I, I am curious and, and, and just, you know, would be remiss if I didn't ask. Uh, the Robert Sarver revelations that came out recently in an ESPN investigative piece. Uh, I'm sure you know him both as a player who was on the Suns and both and, and now as, as somebody who uh, attends Board of Governors meetings. Um, how did the, the report strike you and what is your hope for how the league moves to, to resolve this? Yeah, no, I mean, I'll say that, you know, for me, that was an incredible five years there in Phoenix. And, you know, having gone through some some major challenges and difficulties in Orlando, uh, to finish my career in that environment with that team, with that franchise was, was like, I needed that. Like, I needed to, to finish on a high note. 
Um, you know, look, I, I, I think the, the allegations, uh, the, the egregious, um, stunning, um, you know, I, I think because of the nature of them, the sensitivity, uh, the seriousness of them all, um, the impact on so many people, on people's reputations, you know, it's probably, you know, inappropriate for me to to really kind of chime in. I think, you know, I think for everyone involved, I think an investigation, um, which I anticipate will be very thorough by the NBA. uh, I think from that moment, once, once the results come out, we can, we can sort of make, you know, talk about it, lean in a little bit more, chime in, if you will. Uh, But I'll just say, I, I, you know, I, I didn't see that, you know, it doesn't, mean anything good or bad but i didn't see um what what i read um i thought it was you know first class and um like i said i needed i needed those five years i needed to be in that environment uh where we all were playing and pulling for one another and really was like family so um i was shocked um and um you know i think surprised but you know we'll 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 see how this uh well how this plays out in, in in the long run yeah, no, that, I'm sure the investigation, as you say, will be thorough, and I'm sure we will probably learn a lot more um, when that report lands. Uh, a couple more quick ones before I let you go. Um, you're now managing director of, of USA Basketball, the men's team. Um, you have a very important hire to make to replace Greg Popovich after his run ended. Uh, big shoes to fill. How far along in the process are you? When do you think we might hear who the successor will be? Yeah, no, I mean, it's an interesting process. Look, I I think, you know, one of the things I think the benefit we have right now is we have time and we have incredible options. And uh, and so uh, I think right now, you know, my focus, I think our focus with the U.S. men's national team has really been on the qualifiers. And that's upcoming. Uh, We'll meet uh, November 19th. Uh, in Houston, um, and uh, Jim Boylan, who previously was in Chicago, has agreed to be the head coach. Uh, we have Othello Harrington as one of our assistant coaches who's worked in the past with Jeff Van Gundy. Uh, so, you know, I, I'm really kind of really, you know, diving in on that and assembling a roster uh, and understanding the importance of, you know, we, we, we don't do well in the qualifiers. Uh, you know, we don't have an opportunity a couple of years from now. So, uh, but no, I mean, I, I think down the road, um, you know, I, I think at first maybe I was thinking of rushing to do it, but taking my time, talking to the, all the involved parties, uh, there's so much, uh, so many people that I respect um, and, and just, you know, having a process here. I don't have a timetable to report uh, other than, uh, you know, I, I think by the end of the season, for sure, I anticipate us probably having a, a coach and a staff uh, ready to to announce, but right now, just taking our time uh, and and being grateful that we have that time and have some some great options available to us. No doubt, and the Olympics, the next Olympics is not till twenty twenty four in Paris. Uh, note to my editors: I'd really like to go to Paris in a few years. Just, <laughs> just, just, just saying, just letting you know. It's been a while since I've been to France. We'd love to do that. Um, before I let you go, uh, I know you were also a proud papa, and uh, your daughter Myla recently made her debut as an amateur MMA fighter. She won her debut. Congrats, Myla. Uh, you tweeted four days later, I'm still in awe of my daughter Myla's performance in her first amateur MMA fight. Um, 
All I was thinking, Grant, is if that were my daughter in the ring, I would just, I don't, I'd be like looking through like my fingers over my eyes or whatever. Um, how nerve wracking is that of all the sports that she could have chosen? Um, not that basketball doesn't have a physicality to it, but uh, MMA uh, can be brutal. So how, how nerve wracking was that? I, I think the most nerve wracking I've ever been. And I think naturally as a parent, when you know your, your children are competing in sports, and Myla had done golf and basketball, soccer, softball. These are much safer um, sports, Myla. Just much to safer note. sports, yeah. <laughs> but when she, you know, she she told us a couple of years ago that that's what she wanted to do, and and we we you know, not our soft, sweet, kind, <laughs> considerate daughter. Um, but you know, to her credit, I mean, she has worked her tail off, and you know, has found her passion and really loves it. Uh, I don't think she ever loved the other sports that she competed in. Uh, she loves this. And um, now we didn't necessarily send her to private school to be a, a fighter. Uh, <laughs> but, you know, she she uh, she wanted to do this and we, we supported her. And, um, you know, everything from the weigh in to the lead up. Um, my wife and I, I mean, we didn't I mean, we were so, so scared and so nervous, but also so proud um she 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 attacked it she had a goal um and um and she won and no one got hurt so um <laughs> we we survived it as a family uh it'd be nice if she retired undefeated uh <laughs> but i'm not sure that's going to happen but we're, we're proud of her and um you know we just know that that's not an easy sport and obviously as you said there's some real 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 ramifications there from a physical standpoint so um you know we knew she could grapple. You know, we knew when she got on the ground that that was her, that was her domain. We didn't know if she could take a punch, <laughs> um, but uh, you know, thankfully she won. And um, I I'm getting nervous now just thinking about it. Like it was, <laughs> it was tough. But she gets it from her mom, so you know, <laughs> hey, she's uh, her mom's tough, and uh, and 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 Mila, I guess, is too. I just, uh, the, the, the most I have to worry is my daughter riding the New York subways, of course. I should send my daughter to come train with your daughter, and then I'd feel a lot better about her time spent on the, the New York subway system. So uh, that, that, well, that, that, That's smart. And I know for my wife and I, we, 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 have, uh, we have new, uh, very cheap and inexpensive security now when we travel. So uh, we'll just no bring doubt. our daughter. <laughs> <laughs> no doubt. Do not mess. Do not mess with Grant Hill's daughter slash bodyguard. Uh, Grant, this has been a blast, man. Thank you for spending the time. And folks, remember again, uh, go to startstrong.us if you want to learn more about uh, screening for prostate cancer. Um, a lot of really important and, and vital information there. And uh, Grant, thank you uh, for, for all you do. Thanks for spending the time. Good to see you. Hope to uh, cross past some time this season. Hey, I appreciate it. Thanks for your time, Howard. And uh, put a coat on when you're out there by the Brooklyn Bridge, man. It's cold in New York. It's it's getting there, man. It's getting there. I'm gonna, <laughs> I gotta I gotta take take the coats out of mothballs. <laughs> All right, man. Thanks, man. Take care. At Bed Three Six Five, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. 
Terms and conditions apply. There's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? Coming! And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card... Hey, this looks amazing. I'm so glad you made it. And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. It's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Attention all wrestling aficionados. Wrestling with Freddie makes its triumphant return for an electrifying fourth season. This is Freddie Prince Jr. And I am beyond thrilled to announce that our wrestling extravaganza is back. And joining me once again is the one and only Jeff Dye. Get ready as we highlight the most jaw-dropping matches, dissect the fiercest feuds, and uncover the latest twists and turns in the world of pro wrestling. We're dusting off our legendary side quests and unleashing a barrage of brand new segments that will keep you guys on the edge of your seat like our talks on unsanctioned Thursdays. Freddie, you know we gotta give the people what they want. This season, we have an all-star lineup of special guests who are gonna be gracing our podcast, bringing with them their own unique insights, experiences, and all of that in the world of pro wrestling and beyond. Whether you're a seasoned wrestling veteran or a fresh-faced newcomer, we promise an experience like no other. So buckle up, wrestling fans. Listen to Wrestling with Freddie as part of the My Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty, Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Now very pleased to be joined by another Hall of Famer on today's show. Because I already had Grant Hill, Paul. So you are, uh, it's back to back. This is a power pack show. Oh, nice. Hall of Famer Paul Pierce, also just named to the NBA's 75th anniversary team. He's also now partnering with DraftKings to be the face of a uh, fun new campaign. Here's how it works. New customers can download the DraftKings Sportsbook app, bet a dollar on a game. Could be NBA, NFL, college hoops, college football. And if either team scores... If I understand that correctly, it means as long as there's not a 0-0 tie, you win a free $100 bet bonus. Paul, I don't know anything about uh, gambling. I don't gamble on sports. Uh, Not something that people in my business uh, necessarily should be doing. But that sounds like a pretty good deal to me. Uh, Welcome. (laughs) How uh, do you feel about this promo, your your partnership with DraftKings? Oh, I think it's awesome, man. I think it's going to give people an exciting way to watch the game. And like you said, like, hey, listen, if this is your first time new customers to DraftKings, you bet $1, you're locked to win $100. And so, but I do say this, I always encourage people to, if they do gamble, gamble responsibly and gamble within your limits. Uh, both pieces of good advice, especially that second part. <laughs> that is absolutely good advice. Um, well, uh, people go check that out. Paul, um, I'm, I'm really glad you could join us today. I have not seen you, spoken to you since the Hall of Fame, so congrats on that. Um, I was you, among the uh, – you're welcome. Well-earned. And my I was among the voters for the uh, NBA 75 team. You were on my ballot. This is good. I can stop apologizing to guests who I left off my ballot, which included Grant <laughs> and Pau Gasol. Um, what did that mean 
for you. The Hall of Fame is obviously a pinnacle, and it's the thing that you shoot for from the moment that guys get into the league if you think that that's a possibility. But the 75th anniversary team is kind of another level. So what did that mean to you that might be different than just the Hall of Fame part? I mean, how to be all honest, I mean, think about how many players have been through the league over the years, all the great players. And, you know, it's difficult. You know, we even have these discussions about who the GOAT even is to today. Uh, but it's difficult, you know, when you have so many players who played in this league over the course of 75 years to, you know, come up with a top 75 of all time. And for my name to be mentioned in that, it's a great honor because I know there's so many great players that's passed through and, and made their imprint on the game. I'm just happy that I'm one of them. And it shows that the hard work and dedication that I put toward the game of basketball uh, and being recognized for it has paid off. And I'm truly honored for that, you know, because never in your wildest dreams, you know, you, you think, you know, you just work your butt off and you, you, you take the process and see where it goes. And at the end of the day, you, you see where you lie, where the chips may lay. And uh, I can say I, I put everything I had to the game of basketball and, I'm honored to be not only a Hall of Famer, but be mentioned in the top 75 all time. There was obviously the usual discussion immediately afterward of who didn't make it. And again, as I have attested to many times, it was really, really hard. And there are a lot of guys yeah. whose, whose careers and whose greatness I appreciated, who I would have really loved to put on there. There's just only so many slots. You, 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 know, you played the game at a very high level for a long time, and you know what your peer group um, was like to go against everything else. I'm curious, like when when you saw the list, was there one person that left out immediately to you that was among those uh, left off that should have made it? If you could put one more person on there, Man, who, who would you add? It's hard to say one, but I just know the guys who I had to play against every every year, like Vince Carter and, and Tracy McGrady, and you know, trying to score in the paint on Dwight Howard. I mean, these guys were amazing in, in, in my era. And it's just like hard, you know, to not see these guys on that list. I mean, they're they're great players, but, you know, like you said, everybody couldn't make it. But, you know, those are the guys that come to mind off the top. And like you said, Paul Gasol, uh, the way he did us in 2010, that alone <laughs> probably should have got him in the top 75. <laughs> I hate to say it, but, uh, man. If I had to choose one, I'm going to say T-Mac, man. He was one of my toughest guards. I mean, in my eyes, he's probably the most complete offensive player the NBA has ever seen, and that's just my opinion. Uh, you know, it's tough not seeing him on there, but, you know, I think some of these guys who got left off the list, I think longevity sometimes has something to do with it. Playoff success, you know, goes into account, and I understand yeah, I think that was the big issue for, for T-Mac. I mean, career cut short because of injuries. His peak was about as good as anybody's peak ever, right? Like, his, yeah. he was he was incredible. But the combination of, I think, that, you know, we, we all had it memorized at some point, the, what was it, seven straight first-round outs, right? He couldn't yeah. get his team out of the first round. So that I think that probably hung over him. And then just not having the longevity um, is difficult. But, I mean, as you said, you played – I mean, you I mean, you said this. Let me ask you about this. You said most complete offensive player you've seen. I mean, we think about like today, we think about like maybe Kevin Durant is the most complete, just this deadly scorer from every part of the floor and can shoot over yeah. anybody. For a lot of people who are listening who probably never saw T-Mac play, but maybe, maybe seen a little bit on YouTube, like 
give the scouting report on what T-Mac could do because I do think because of the lack of, of other stuff, postseason success, everything else, maybe he's become underappreciated. Like, how complete was he? I mean, it, it was – he had pretty much everything in his arsenal because he had the size, the athleticism, uh, the ball handling. He can, she can do everything Kevin Durant could do as an offensive player. I think he had a better handle, uh, was probably more athletic. Uh, there's nothing he couldn't do on the court. I mean, you've seen some of his awesome games. I mean, the 13 points in 30 seconds, I believe. I mean, just – kind of defined what type of player he was. I mean, he could do it inside, outside. He can run off. He could play pretty much all five positions. Uh, and then when you look at the, his, his body type, you know, he was like 6'9", long arms, big hands, and he can defend. Uh, it was nothing he couldn't do on the basketball court. And I, I just loved matching up with him. And uh, the scout report, it was just like you might as well throw it out the window and just hope he has an off night. <laughs> He was that good. He was that good. He I mean, I remember good. there were times, there there were years, there was a debate, T-Mac versus Kobe for a while. There was a debate about whether the Lakers should trade Kobe for T-Mac. I think at one point yeah. Shaq, I think Shaq was actually lobbying to, to get T-Mac. Um, he was he was incredible. I, I, I It's hard to, to contextualize, and like you could speak to this. Like You had the, the, the first half of your career. The back half is great, and it's what gets you in the Hall of Fame. The first half of your career, you're often – you know, the only star on your team, you're burdened with a lot. You had a lot in your game too, but like there's only so much one star can do by themselves in this league. And we see that play out over and over. T-Mac had Grant Hill when they went to Orlando together. But as we know, Grant was dealing with ankle issues the whole time. And so it's, it's hard. Like, you know, all, all due respect and apologies to, to, to Tracy McGrady. He was phenomenal, but it is like, we have to take into account what you did with the talent, right. And how far did you get? I don't know my, how much of that is his fault. I don't remember exactly like how he performed in those first round series, but um, is that still a fair way to look at it? When we evaluate your career, anybody's, there's well, the I stats, but there's also the rest. I, yeah. You know, I look at these games, you know, in the regular season and, you know, as great players, you know, you can get through the re- regular season and put up great stats, but we know the playoffs, you're playing against the best of the best. And that's where the true stars really shine. You know, when you have to play against, now you go from, regular season where you might play teams that are in the bottom half on defense to wow, when you get to the playoffs, you're playing the top defensive teams, the top offensive teams. Now you're getting the best of everybody. And this is where the cream of the crop rises. As you get deeper in the playoffs, (laughs) most likely you're going to be playing against a top tier offensive team and defensive team. And, and, And like I said, that's when you can measure true greatness because you're playing against the best of the best. And the, the players that's thrived in those situations, those are the ones who've been recognized. And, you know, it's hard to say uh, where do we rank guys who've never been put in those situations, who haven't been to a, a conference finals or, or a finals appearance to, to see where you rank among the best playing against the best. Uh, it's hard. It's hard uh, and to know where to slot those guys. And so I completely understand. Um. Changing subject slightly. Well, what's wrong with your Celtics exactly? <laughs> I don't know how closely you're following them, but uh, they do not seem to be able to get out of their own way. What's what's going on with them? Well, I think I think a number of things. Um, <clears throat> you know, they lost a, a, a veteran point guard, Kemba Walker. I think that was a huge loss. You know, I think if he had another year to get seasoned with them, they would have been better. But you got to understand, they dealt with COVID issues. 
They, they've dealt with injuries. And also, they have a new coach, a young coach who's never been a head coach in the league, implementing a new system, new players, new personalities, uh, and, and trying to make it work. You know, so it's not about the talent. You know, I think they have the talent to compete in the Eastern Conference, but that's a combination of those things that I mentioned uh, that has them struggling early. You know, they don't have a consistency in the lineup. You know, Jalen Brown's been out here and there. Uh, Al Harford's in and out. You know, so it's hard to to develop some consistency when you don't have your main core pieces there on a consistent uh, night-in, night-out basis. You think Tatum and Brown should be together for the long term? There's the, the longer that they they struggle, or the more years where they fall short, there becomes that discussion of well, maybe you need a different combination of stars. You know, I never believe that. I, I also I, I truly believe it's about putting the right pieces around your great players. They've proven they can be all stars in this league. And in order to win, in order to win in this league, you have to have star talent on the perimeter. And that's what the Celtics have. And that's something you need to build around it. And and my theory proves it because when you look at all the top players or the finals MVPs year in and year out, who are we looking at? Top tier perimeter guys like Kawhi Leonard, the, the Kobe Bryants, the Kevin Durant, the LeBron Jameses. These are the guys that lead their teams to championship. And you need those type of players. So the Celtics have to find a way to build around these guys uh, so they can reach that next level. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bed 365 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. There are some things that are too good to keep a secret. Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notified, and Amex card member benefits at select events... You'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Attention all wrestling aficionados. Wrestling with Freddie makes its triumphant return for an electrifying fourth season. This is Freddie Prince Jr. And I am beyond thrilled to announce that our wrestling extravaganza is back. And joining me once again is the one and only Jeff Dye. Get ready as we highlight the most jaw-dropping matches, dissect the fiercest feuds, and uncover the latest twists and turns in the world of pro wrestling. We're dusting off our legendary side quests and unleashing a barrage of brand new segments that will keep you guys on the edge of your seat like our talks on unsanctioned Thursdays. Freddie, you know we gotta give the people what they want. This season, we have an all-star lineup of special guests who are gonna be gracing our podcast, bringing with them their own unique insights, experiences, and all of that in the world of pro wrestling and beyond. Whether you're a seasoned wrestling veteran or a fresh-faced newcomer, we promise an experience like no other. So buckle up, wrestling fans. Listen to Wrestling with Freddie as part of the My Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty, Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. 
Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Um, curious your reaction, what you thought when you heard the Robert Sarver investigation by ESPN a couple weeks back. Um, obviously, there's now a formal investigation going on by the league, so maybe months before we know what they find. But players talk. If, if stuff is heard around the league, if stuff is suspected sometimes, guys talk, guys know. Did any Absolutely. of this yeah, did any of this catch you off guard? Was there, had there any, been any discussion amongst players that this was lurking there? Howard, this did not surprise me one bit. I can tell you if you go ask older players uh, my generation, they, this wouldn't surprise them one bit. This is like you said, players talk. I think this is something that's been known throughout the league. I can say as early as I remember is being mentioned 10, 12 years ago. About Sarver so specifically? This, this, <laughs> 10, 12 years ago, maybe. Yeah. I mean, this is something that's been talked around, around amongst players and even current players who are in the league, they know they've been around and, and they talk, you know, maybe I've never heard something straight out of his mouth, but you know, the whispers get out. People talk about what type of owners, uh, you know, what type of people they are. And that's something that's been mentioned about Robert Sarver. And, you know, it's unfortunate that uh, it had to come out the way it did, but, you know, it's just somebody had to say something. But like I said, I'm not going to speak on it because I didn't hear firsthand from my own, from my own ears from his mouth, but the talks were there. And so it doesn't surprise me one bit. If the NBA's investigation finds that, he did and said the exact things that were reported in the ESPN story. What should they do from there? I think that has no place in our league. I think same issues that happened with Donald Sterling, the league will come to a, uh, once they complete their investigation, he has to be out. If these things are true, that we have no room for that in our league, uh, no tolerance for any type of, of racism and, and, and neglect toward the workers. It's just, it's not, it's not, something we need in our league or in sports or in life period. I, I wonder one other thing on this, Paul, which is that, you know, in the wake of, of George Floyd and the, the activism that swept through the country last year, every NBA team, almost every NBA team weighed in with statements of some sort or another. And the Suns had a pretty powerful one themselves. When you hear this, and as you say, you, you, you had some suspicion or there were been word out there that maybe Sarver had some of these thoughts anyway. How do we reconcile the statements that, that teams have made when we hear owners then uh, you know, guilty of saying or acting in, in ways like this? <laughs> I mean, it, it's easy to come to the forefront, forefront when, it's, when it's comfortable and it, it, it's the right time and it's the thing to do because that's what everybody is doing. You know what I'm saying? Like it took this to happen in the wake of George Floyd for NBA owners to come out and come to the forefront to voice and listen to the voices of the players of what needs to be done in the community. And, you know, but the things that I've heard from Sarver Sarver have come in the past and, because we, we went through a situation with the lockout in the George Floyd situation, it's easy to make yourself look good. It's easy to, to, to throw money out there to help a cause. But that doesn't mean it changes the person of who you are. 
you know, it's just, just like falling in line, you know, putting on, putting on the makeup, looking a certain way when we know that's not you. Um, I know you got uh, another one of these to get to. So one more before I let you go. Uh, I know you've recently joined up with some of my friends over at Showtime. You got yeah. your, your your own project. I mean, it's they're they're just basically bringing. They got you. They got KG Barnes and Stat. Like at at some point, this is just going to become like the uh, you know the the NBA retirement community. You guys should uh, you know <laughs> make some lemonade. Make some lemonade. Sit out on the porch. Uh, I want to come hang out. Uh, what's your uh, project or series going to be about? I've heard it's going to be a little basketball, a little boxing, which you have a, a strong interest in. What can we expect? Uh, and when are we going? When are we going to see it? Yeah, coming soon in the next month or so. Yeah, I'm gonna be doing some stuff. Along, <clears throat> we're talking about doing some things with my own project, own podcast, talk uh, show. Uh, also doing some things with KG uh, along with Matt. Um, you know, I think. You know, my idea of what I want to do is just, you know, be a voice, you know, a guy who's played the game at a high level uh, basketball. I'm a huge boxing fan, but also give it to you from the ground floor. You know, this is something to where we want to go in the cities and go in the locker rooms or, or go into the city, not just sit in the studio uh, and go do a one on one conversation. You know, it's about bringing not, not only sports talk, but culture with food with travel, you know, those are some of my ideas in this space uh, along some of the things me and KG have talked about with some of the great influences along in sports and music and in the community. And so I want to bring that all together and hopefully create, have this platform, uh, you know, to get people more knowledgeable about their favorite star or sports player or city uh, or what to do when they go there. You know, I plan on traveling the world and bringing out, you know, people's favorite sports stars, comedians, activists, politicians, all of that. Sounds like fun. Sounds like a good gig. I'd like to come along for the ride. Uh, <laughs> and I know they'll get the truth from you because you are the truth. It's right there Absolutely. on your it's right there on your Zoom window. It just says truth. I love that. <laughs> Shaq, Shaq dubbed you that years ago about your game, but uh, obviously it uh, it applies to your general uh, presentation as well on these issues. So uh, absolutely appreciate you spending some time, folks. Remember, uh, Paul's uh, representing the uh, DraftKings Sportsbook app. So go download that. Bet a dollar. You're guaranteed to win one hundred dollars. Again, I don't know how that works, but it sounds pretty good. Good deal. Uh, go do it. Great Paul, deal. <laughs> thanks so much for uh, spending the time. Appreciate it. Always. How anytime, buddy. Okay, that's it for today's show. My thanks again to Grant Hill and Paul Pierce. Thanks to our producer, Shelby Royston. And thank you all for listening. Remember, you can hear Chris Mannix and me every Tuesday on The Crossover with all the latest NBA chatter. And on Fridays, it's me and a guest. Don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe to The Crossover wherever you get your podcasts. Go subscribe to the Sports Illustrated Podcasts channel on YouTube. And hit me with all your feedback on Twitter at Howard Beck.
At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. It's Freddie Prinze Jr. and Jeff Dye back in the ring. Wrestling with Freddie makes its triumphant return for an electrifying fourth season. Hey, Jeff, are you ready to rumble our way into an all-new season of Wrestling with Freddie? You better believe I have. I've been practicing my body slams, and I'm jacked. All right, don't go injuring yourself now. We'll be highlighting the best stories and matches of the week in wrestling from AEW, WWE, and have one-on-one talks with the best talents in the world of pro wrestling. Listen to Wrestling with Freddie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.